0: It must be a full moon because it's time for another episode of the shifter central podcast, a podcast about paranormal romance books filled with shifters, vampires, witches, wizards, ghosts, and fairies or whatever else fills the supernatural world shifter central is a private community for both readers and authors of paranormal romance and this is our podcast. I'm Jules Crissaire, a paranormal romance author of Sassy Shifter Stories and the founder of Shifter Central. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm talking about love stories and what makes a romance a romance. This episode is recorded from a live stream, something we're experimenting with on Shifter Central. So expect some hemming and hawing and odd asides every now and then. What began as a commentary on three movies I'd seen in the past month, American Underdog, Being the Ricardos, and Pam and Tommy, and how they relate to romance and love stories, turned into a small rant about bully romances towards the end. I'm sorry for getting on my soapbox. To be sure this podcast is as safe space as we can make it, we try to include content warnings. This episode discusses bullying, intimidation, and mentions abuse and the normalizing of potentially abusive behavior. Although all the discussion is superficial, I do speak about a bullying incident I experienced in high school toward the end of the episode. It's at the 38-minute mark. Some listeners might need to end the episode early. So with all that said, let's get this episode started. Hi, everyone. It's Jules, Uh... Shifter central. I looks like it's just me right now. Hopefully a few others will show up and I'm making some room and making some spaces. I'm seeing this. My eyes are looking really dark. Um, I'm recording this also for my, for the podcast and I'll put that up and, um, for the audio, I'm not sure how it's going to sound. So, you know, fingers crossed it works, but, um, This is really by the seat of my pants. I had an idea that I wanted to talk about. I'm going to get up on my soapbox a little bit. But I'm hoping some people will show up. I'm going to jump to um, chat. And if anyone jumps in, you can ask questions, offer something, and I'll share it with this. But what I wanted to talk about, um, especially because of... Um, Valentine's Day coming up is romance and love stories, right? And during this past um, this past month, I've listened to, or I've watched um, three different movie shows that I would call love stories. Um first one is um uh, being the ricardos which was written by aaron sarkin and if you haven't seen it yet it is worth it it is such a great great movie um and that's a love story that's kind of a a tragic bombastic love story they probably never should have gotten together um But they were, Lucy and Ricky definitely loved one another. Their love was definitely there. And, um, the other one I want to talk about is American Underdog, which even though it's about, um, oh my gosh, why am I totally blanking on why it's about, I want to say Warren Moon, but that's not who it's about. I'll have to look that one up. Um... And let's let me look it up right now. All right, I'm gonna jump. I can't believe I forgot this. Do do do. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, Kurt Warner. (laughs) I had the the W in there. Um, Kurt Warner. Is a football player. Um, he's since retired, but he was undrafted and he's probably considered one of the best foot undrafted players, period. Um he was oh, I want to say the Cardinals picked him up. Might have been the Rams. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh St. Louis. <sighs> That's why I was flipping and flopping. Um, I know he did, he's played for the Cardinals, but I believe it was the Rams who grabbed him. And with Dick Vermeil, which is uh, his story as a coach is just really kind of sweet anyway. Um, and even though it's about him and his foot in football, it's more about him and his wife and their relationship and their love story. And then the third one is Pam and Tommy, which is about, um, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and all three of those movies were done are, are about real people and their stories are real. Um, The difference in them is Lucy and Ricky are dead. Although um, Lucy and, that's not De- why am I calling him Ricky, Desi, um, but Lucy and Desi, number two juniors, uh, both were part of that movie, and Lucy was actually um, part of casting. Well, not, I want—I want to say she was part of casting. Um, her her opinion, and I'm sure Desi's to a certain extent they listen to um, in American underdog Kurt and his wife both played a role as producers and they both talk about that. They were involved in certain aspects of the movie. They didn't agree with some things and how it was portrayed, but they were both involved and ultimately their approval They approved of the movie. And the same thing went with um, Lucy and Desi Jr. They both approved of being the Ricardos. In Pam and Tommy, no one who was actually involved in the story was involved in the movie. Um, So Pamela Anderson, who's still very much alive, had no um no involvement in this limited series and it's on hulu and i watched it and i enjoyed it and then when i realized that she had no um involvement and i kind of realized she had no involvement because it got a little um Uh, it, it it was exploitive, and I I did some research, and I I kind of started wondering, you know, why are we romanticizing one the story that Tommy Lee was abusive, is abusive, um. She was exploited with the sex tape being sold. Well, her probably because her husband was a complete and total prick and allowed the contractor who stole the tape and put it out on the internet. Um, granted, he didn't make any real money off of it because everybody else made money off of it. But um, it, Tommy Lee was a complete and total prick to him and... Um, Long story short, in his mind, he was able to justify taking this video and selling it and offering it on the Internet that he was going to recoup his losses and karma. And even though um, Pamela Anderson being exploited in the way she was was a side effect of it. Um, he wasn't thinking about that, and I don't necessarily think he he's he's an evil guy. I don't think he's the bad guy. Um, I don't think he is the worst person in the world. I think he made a poor decision based on um a very visceral and personal experience and he he needed to get back or he needed to get um whatever you want to call it um he he needed to to um to feel that he won in some way so like i said i don't necessarily think he is the evil entity here but at the same time he's certainly not you know walking away smelling like roses um so of these three shows we're, we we see the we see the courtships and romance is all about the courtship right it's all about what their lives are like leading up to the um Happily Ever After, The Getting Married. I'm just noticing how dark my eye eyeliner is. Um, how tragic. Um, and, and it should be fun and exciting. And in um, being the Ricardos, the courtship is, is wonderful. Um, it's sweet. It's cute. It's interesting. It's kind of fun. We're able to see um, different parts of this kind of sweet um, courtship. Um, and you can see that Lucy and Desi, their their love was genuine. And it was fast, but it was still genuine. Uh, Kurt and his wife, and I can't think of her name off the top of my head, and I could probably go and look and I probably should just because we're going to, um, I want to make sure I'm saying, I'm saying this right. Okay. Let's see. Um, I'm checking, I'm checking, I'm checking, uh, Brenda. All right. So, Brenda is his wife, and um Kurt and Brenda's courtship was interesting fast they broke apart it's It's actually a true romance. they broke apart, got back together um she had she was the one who had the dark night of the soul uh, she lost her parents and called Kurt in because she didn't know who else to call and he dropped everything and came running. And that was the end of it. Uh, not the end of it. And then they end, the end of, you know, staying apart, they got together. They've been married. Gosh, I think they must've been married in um, the relatively early nineties, nineties sometime. And they've been married ever since, Um, And they have kids together and they're happily ever after. Um, Lucy and Desi um, had this wonderful whirlwind courtship. Again, beautiful marriage, great partnership and work. Um, And... In the end, they ended up getting divorced, but the one thing both their kids talk about is even after the divorce, they still genuinely loved one another. They might not have been in love with one another, but they loved one another, and they cared for one another. And in the movie, if you watch the movie, you can watch it as a love story, or you can watch it as a love letter to Desi. um, Because he was... Amazing what we see on t v we wouldn't see now if he hadn't of controlled what he did and pushed for what he did, and he did it in 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 sneaky but good ways um and then you have the complete opposite kind of courtship, and this is what I think a lot of romance novels are, and it kind of. I had this epiphany where I was like, oh, this is kind of bothersome," and 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 I hate the word problematic, but I'm going to use it. Um, Tommy and Pam, Tommy basically stopped her, basically just got in her face and would not give up, and 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 pushed and pushed, and they, I think they got married um, days. After, like, their second or third date. And their second or third date was him flying down to a press junket um, in Mexico. And basically interfering with her work. Because he was more important. And then they they got married. Um, and they don't really show... The abuse, but uh, you can kind of see the, um, what they've romanticized, that he's this wild, hardcore rock and roller, except, no, he's not, that's, no, that's, yeah, no, 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 sorry, my nose is kind of runny, um, that that doesn't excuse trying to take control of someone's life. That doesn't excuse interfering in their life, pushing them, manipulating situations. It doesn't excuse the way he treated uh, the workers in his house. And if he's treating his workers that way and intimidating them with loaded guns, imagine what sort of intimidation he might have used Towards Pamela, and even though we might not know the whole story, I'm fairly certain that you know you don't no one no one treats um, someone differently um you you treat everyone the same so even though sorry, I get my nose running a little bit, so even though um you never actually see that um, intimidation factor. You you it it you have to assume it was probably there. And again, Pamela Anderson, her courtship, her sex life, um, her as an actress with uh, Baywatch completely exploited. I don't think there's ever been a point looking back at her where she really hasn't been. In some way exploited, where she hasn't hasn't had the agency to say no, um, and it, so n- this is why they say I always do a script. Um, because now my mind totally did a little blank thing. Um, let's see, we have. So, how as romance authors can we take the emotional roller coaster that is Pam and Tommy's relationship? Because that's the, Those are the stories. That's I mean, bully romance is a huge genre. People are are, are reading bully romances, which it spins me up into several levels of what have you that I don't want to, um, I'm not going to get too wound up with it, but, um, basically, you know, do we as romance authors have a responsibility to not exploit the relationships? Should we, I'm trying to figure out the the way of saying this without coming across as lecturing or condescending or whatever you want to call it. And I'm not doing a very good job of it. Should we, as romance authors, um, strive to not tell the Pam and Tommy stories and instead focus on the Kurt and Brenda stories Um, Which do have their own problems, but they're not the extreme. And you don't have horrible um, intimidation or abuse going on. And then, I mean, even, and you couldn't do Desi or Lucy because that's, (laughs) that is cheating. So that can't be a romance, but, um, and, and not that I'm justifying the cheating in any way but um you know as as Desi would say they weren't he wasn't having long-term affairs it was here and there and again not that it excuses it but it's this kind of concept of um in the time and the culture that it came from was it okay or is it more tolerated and um i would i would say probably but lucy was having none of it um so how do do going back to what i brought up earlier which was as romance authors do we have an obligation to not tell Do we have a responsibility, not an obligation, do we have a responsibility not to tell and romanticize the Pam and Tommy stories and instead tell and retell and romanticize the Kurt and Brenda stories, which again, have their own trials and tribulations, but they're not, nothing is to the extreme that you see um, with Pam and Tommy. And, I I was going back and I was looking through, um, some, some of the better selling romance novels and they all really had what I would call some sort of impl- problematic aspects to them where they all fell closer to the Pam and Tommy side of the spectrum, as opposed to the Kurt. And Brenda's side of the spectrum. Like the problems, and I understand that they need to be um oh exaggerated, more emotional, but they all have this kind of insidious, manipulative aspect to them. And I find that troubling to a certain extent because how does this potentially normalize it to readers to younger readers so if I'm in my 20s and I'm reading this romance novel and the main character is uh, the male main character is manipulative and uses um Imitation all under the guise of, but you know, he's an alpha male and he's big and he's strong and this is what he's supposed to be like. Um, Am I going to, how easy is it for my brain to say to always keep that compartmentalized as fantasy? And I'm going to bring up something um, that's totally tangential doesn't make a lot of sense but it will circle back in a second so i have my degree is in psychology and i, I studied uh specifically behavioral psychology and um, social psychology and um one of the things one of the studies that i spent a lot of time focusing on was violence and sex and media and how that um affects us, especially younger minds. And it's what the general consensus is, is that watching violence isn't going to make you more violence. Watching sex isn't going to make you have sex. What, um, What it does is if you already have a... Propensity towards violence or towards sexual promiscuity, promiscuous, promiscuousness, but, and and not that having sex is wrong. I don't want to shame that. I don't want to put any negative connotations to that. Um, But you're not going... To, um, watching that is not gonna make you that in some way unless there's already that, you already have that, um, propensity for it. I guess that's the best word for it. Um, so if your already knee jerk reaction is to, um, respond to things violently then watching violence is going to um, probably escalate that knee-jerk response of violence um, to a higher level. And and there's no real causation to it. There's just this correlation. And the same thing goes with sex. So if young men watch sex they're not going to Go out and expect every woman um to have sex it, it, it's <laughs> unless they already have that flip switch, I don't know what you wanna call it, and the same with women I mean we can flip it, so it's women, you know women aren't gonna be violent unless they already have that switch. Ready to go, and um, again, I'm treading this really bad, potentially, at causing problems. And I don't, that's not what I'm trying to get at at all. Um, I'm what I'm, I guess, what I'm trying to say is because I know that there's no direct causation between what we read and what we see and how we behave, why. Am I so bothered by the romance books that are closer on the, on the spectrum of the romance between Kurt Warner and Brenda on one side and um, Pam and Tommy on the other and we'll put Lucy and Desi right in the middle um, but why am I so bothered by the romance books that are closer to the Pam and Tommy um, end of the spectrum, because, like I said, I understand that just because you read it isn't—it shouldn't—it's—it's um, it's not going. To, it, you shouldn't be thinking it's—it's it, not going to mean that you're going to go out there actively seeking abusive, manipulative relationships. Except I think it normalizes them. And I think it it because the highs are so so high, we ignore how bad the lows are. And the lows no longer matter. Um so you kind of ignore the manipulative hints, you ignore the the intimidation you ignore the um, the demands i mean and there's there's a difference between a demand and a request and um and I'm not saying that there can't be a healthy relationship based on a power exchange where there are demands made except. The difference is that in those healthy relationships where you do have power exchanges, usually there's a lot of negotiation and there's a lot of um, uh, pulling uh, safety lines. There's, a, the, you know, the timeout, um, red, what, safe words, whatever you want to call them. But there's always the negotiation leading up to it. So you're understanding that you're going into this power exchange. Um, whereas I think in um, some of the uh, romances, like I said, that lean more towards the Tam, Tam, Pam and Tommy side of the spectrum, um, you don't have that negotiation. You don't have those safe words, those get out of jail free things. Uh, You just have. This is the way it is. And somehow, I think a lot of books out there have normalized that. And if they normalize that, does that mean that when young women and young men are in the courtship stage of their relationship, the r- romance part of their relationship, are they going to... Um, see... because they've read so many of those books that have that are on the Pam and Tommy side of the spectrum, um, are they going to normalize... In their mind, and and say, well, no, it, it's it's normal to be intimidated this way. It's normal to have somebody make these demands. It's normal um, for someone to put conditions on a relationship, um, and it, it it's, and then. On the other side of the coin is me going, no, 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 you can't, you can't dictate that. You have to defend, and and, uh, I'm the first one to say, you can say whatever you want to say. You can publish whatever you want to publish. It doesn't mean the store has to sell it, but you can do it if you want to, and I'll defend your right to do it. I guess my issue is that I'm not sure I'm going to defend your right to label it as romance. And I'm at that point right now where I don't think the quote-unquote bully romances should be labeled as romance. I think they should be labeled as bully, young adult, and new adult stories. New adult fiction. Kind of like women's fiction. Um, Yeah, it might have some romance to it. It might have a love story aspect to it, but it's not a romance. And we shouldn't be idealizing it, but we are. All right. So that's my soapbox and I've been talking now and live streaming for 30 minutes and no one showed up. It was just me rambling on. Um, hopefully I'm going to try to do this again, maybe in another week and we'll see if we can get some people to actually show up and, um, ask questions and whatnot. Um, I think next week I want to talk more about paranormal romance and um kind of to follow the same thread of what I was talking about here oh wait somebody showed up (laughs) hey how are you um I don't know which author this is an author and I'm I don't know which one is here so is it Ellie or L-E because oh thank you so Ellie says I have some excellent i had some excellent points and I I thank her for that Um, it's it's one of those weird things like I'm not quite sure um, like how do I separate me as a woman from me as an author from me as a reader and I don't think I can but does that mean that I have the right to hold other authors to my standards? So this is where I struggle. And she's at least typing, so I'm waiting, waiting for her. So, um, and, and it's not just bully romances. I, I think all romances have some aspect of, of some problematic aspects to it. Um, And like I said, the next time I try to do a live stream, we'll focus more on paranormal romance and the problems that I think exist in paranormal romance. Because there are plenty. Um, But uh, this was, like I said, and the worst part about it is that Pam and Tommy is such an entertaining show to watch. Um, and I understand why people read the bully romances, because I think, I I think Pam and Tommy is probably closer to a bully romance than anything out there. And, um, it is, I watched it. I watched it and I didn't, I, it not once while I watched it, did I say to myself, Oh, there is a problem here. You probably shouldn't be watching it. Um, and i th- I think um I was entertained by it, so I can understand why people read the bully romances. Um, but it goes back to should Pam and Tommy ever have been made to begin with? And I would have to say, no. And that goes back to bully romances. So bully romances, yes, they're entertaining. I am assuming they are. I I have I've read only a handful of them, Um, but I don't think they should ever be written or if they are written, they need to be written as new adult women's fiction or new adult fiction or young adult fiction and not labeled as romance because, it again, normalizes romance. So that's that is totally um, my nose is kind of doing this little runny thing, and I don't know what's going on. So that is totally me on my soapbox. And yes, I agree, Ellie. Romances should have should have to contain romance, and in my mind, that means that the depravity, as you called it, that goes with um, that you can find in some bully, bully romances. It, The depravity makes it not romance in my book, but that's just my book. And I'm not, um, not anyone else. Um, that's my opinion, but it's like I said, I'm hoping maybe next time we do a live stream that will be getting more people because this is a fun conversation. And I like being able to kind of have this rambling stream of thought going and I'll figure out if how I can get, um I, I might be able to work it out so that we can do um a podcast. So you guys are all hearing the same audio, but you're, getting my face or we'll have somebody else do the live stream and, but you're all hearing the audio so we can get this little round table going because, um, and that's my next goal for shifter central is to have a podcast that, like I said, goes up every few weeks and we're going to do some round tables. Um, and we'll probably circle back to this and the definition of, um, like a love story and and where it falls on the... Now I have this great rating system. Is it a Pam and Tommy romance or is it a Brenda and um, Kurt romance? And like I said, not that Kurt and Brenda's romance is... anything amazing. It's just healthy. I I guess that's the best way I can can do it. Um, But... Let's see. So I'm reading what Ellie wrote here. If they have a love story, you can dip into those things. But if the bullying is the driving plot, then it's questionable as a romance. Yes. That, that's it. That's it. It's like, so if you can take the bullying out and the book still stands, then yeah. I guess you can call it a romance. I still wouldn't. Well, no, no, I know, mm, no, I I just I don't like the idea of bullying being romanticized um and I think that everyone growing up at some point experienced some sort of bullying in their life um I had a pretty uh, it wasn't the best of um examples or I shouldn't say best wasn't the best moment of my life I, I learned from it I grew from it um I had enough support around me, but yeah, I was, I was basically publicly humiliated in front of my entire school. I was in high school all because I dared to say, no, I, I don't agree with this norm. And I want to make you earn what you think you're entitled to. And, um, you know, I didn't do a spectacular job of it. Um, but. That that has no business being a romance. That aspect of my life has no business being a romance. And um, the bully, the the man who, the young man at the time who, um, basically mocked me in a in a school assembly. Um, and, and not only mocked me and my persona and what I, my being opinionated, but he also mocked, so we're going to show, I got some girls, I got some big girls and these girls have been reduced, but before they were reduced, they were even bigger. And he actually also, the girl who was portraying me stuck falsies, balloons in her bra to make her breasts even bigger. So I, if he were the hero of my romance, I would be, to this day, I can't think of him in any way except as a person who was cruel, who never apologized to me for that. Um, and even if he did apologize to me for that, I would never want to have a relationship with him. So I don't understand how how it's okay in these bully romances to take those... And like I said, they're pretty horrific instances. Um, th- but there's no redemption, yeah. He can't be... A, how could he have redemption? He can ask for forgiveness, and he can... Except that maybe he did what he did was wrong, but I don't think he ever has that redemption because he had to have caused if my story was a fiction, he would have had he caused me so much hurt and pain that I don't think there's ever a point where I would be able to forget it. I could eventually forgive him, but I don't think I could ever forget it, and if he's able and capable of creating that causing that pain. How many other ways is he able of causing and creating that pain and hurt at a later date? Um, it, it, like it, it's, it's habitual, so it doesn't just go away. And yeah, I, I get I get totally spun up. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's horrible, <laughs> but um, it is. It, but again, I can't say. Stop publishing bully romances and or stop reading bully romances. I would just say maybe we shouldn't label them as romances. Maybe that maybe. So that's that is where. All right. So that's my line. I've now circled around this and talked about this in so many different ways. We need to no longer call bully romances bully romances. And we need to call them bully new adult fiction or bully young adult fiction. And that's, that, that's, I think that's fair. And I would be okay with that. I still wouldn't be happy because I don't think we should be normalizing bullying, but I'm much more okay with it being labeled as fiction versus romance. Um, So, and like, how did this all start for me watching three true life, real stories based on real people and, and having this kind of epiphany moment. Um, and in watching these spectrums of these relationships and cause Desi and Lucy's story is, is a woman's fiction through and through it has a courtship, but it it's, it's woman's fiction. Kurt and Brenda, that's romance. Oh, that is a romance and it's a great romance and, it's it's a Cinderella story for him and, and football and the fact that she they're still together and he didn't go and do a trophy wife. And she stuck with him through him playing arena football um, and shelving at a grocery store. He stocked shelves at Hy-Vee in Iowa. Um, she stuck with him through all that and he didn't get rid of her when he got famous and became a hall of fame quarterback and they're still together Um, and they're still happy as far as I can tell (laughs) from all their interviews. Um, So that, that is how that those weird kind of things kind of stuck in my brain and got me thinking, got me talking about this. So, all right. It looks like I've been talking for, 43 minutes? Oh my gosh, 43 minutes, way too long. No, but you guys are probably already bored senseless. Um, But like I said, what I want to do is I want to do more of these kind of talks and more of these kind of roundtables. And um, I just found a host for a podcast and I'm going to figure out how we can do multiple recordings um, in different locations And, um, what I'd love to have is, and I want readers to be involved as well. So if you are a reader, um, and you want to be on the podcast, let me know. Um, I'm, um, let me know, let me know. And we'll figure something out. And I'm, I don't want to do this on a weekly basis because it will drive us all crazy. And I don't have the time for that. Um, but. I do want to do this on maybe like a, um, every other week and we could definitely live stream it. And I think we'll get some, like I said, we'll get some authors started and, um, maybe we'll do three of us. Um, and hopefully Cassandra will join us as well because she is as much a part of Shifter Central, um, much a driving force of Shifter Central as anyone else and um we'll go from there all right thank you guys so much for listening for oh my gosh 45 minutes I blathered on so thank you and hopefully you'll think this was fun and maybe swing by for um the next time I do a live stream or we do a live stream and do a live podcast stream I wonder what it's called yeah we'll call it that a, a live podcast stream um <laughs> thank you Allie and um I guess that's it so thanks for listening Shifter Central and um I don't know how to end these all right I'll talk to you guys later bye thanks for joining me Jules Cressaire, in today's episode of the Shifter Central podcast if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others by posting about it on social media, telling your friends about it, or leaving a rating and review on Apple Spotify, or wherever you subscribe to the podcast. To join Shifter Central, visit com forward slash shifters. That's J C R I S A R E dot com forward slash shifters. As always, you can find links and more information in the show notes. That's it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.